The False Prince, Chapter 9. An hour seemed to pass before Connor continued. When he finally did, it was in hushed tones, as if he had expected the servant's ears were pressed against the doors of our room. Some of you may believe you've already guessed my plan, he began, but I assure you, it is not treason. Indeed, in a roundabout about, or in a roundabout way, it may prevent treason in King Eckbert's court. Carthia is on the brink of a civil war, and very few citizens are aware of it. A major change is coming to this country. What is it? Tobias asked. We all had the same question, but Connor's glare reflected his irritation at being interrupted. I will come to that in a moment, he said. Do you remember what I told you about Veldegrath? He has a long planned, or he has long planned for this day, and even now has begun to amass the, those loyal to him so he can force the rest of us to give him the king's crown. But other regents are also aspiring to the crown. They are quietly gathering their supporters. In two weeks, war will erupt in Carthia. It will split the country along lines of loyalty or alliances and may pit families against each other, friends against friends, and towns against towns. Thousands of inevitable, or thousands will inevitably die in that war. Avenia, the country of your origin sage, is watching closely, waiting for an opportunity to strike. They are hungry for our rich farmlands and the minerals our mountains provide. When Carthia is weakest and most divided, Avenia will strike and swallow up Carthia with the force of a tidal wave. Avenia is a cesspool at best, and a generation will be no better. Connor tilted his head at me. Don't pretend to look horrified at my words, sage. You know my description of Avenia is true. It is, I quietly agreed. Then you hope to prevent the civil war. Tobias said, but you said yourself you could never hope to become king. Do you remember this morning when I asked you or how many heirs King Eckbert has? Connor said. What was your answer, Sage? Two, but as Tobias pointed out, I was wrong. There's only the crown prince Darius still alive. Eckbert's younger son was lost at sea. The younger son's name was Jaren. Since coming to court, I've been told many stories about him, some of which could not possibly be true with the castle still standing in one piece. <laughs> I heard he set fire to the throne room as a child. Tobias said, and he challenged the king of Mendewal to a duel of, or of honor when he was 10 years old. Rodan added, he lost, of course, but not by much. So the story goes. We've all heard the stories, I snapped. What's the point? Let me finish, Connor said. Four years ago, when he was nearly 11 years of age, Jaren was to be sent north to the country of Bymar, always a friend to Carthia. He was sent there not only to be educated abroad, but frankly, to stop embarrassing the king and queen. However, on the way, his ship was attacked by pirates. There were no survivors. Pieces of the boat washed ashore for months, but Jaren's body was never found. I did hear about this once, I said. Avenia was accused of hiring the pirates. If King Eckbert had any proof, he would have gone to war. At least you know about your own country, Connor said. It probably was Avenia. Piracy is certainly their style. Some say the pirates have more power there than the Avenian king. But Eckbert couldn't rule out the possibility that has or that as a bordering country to Avenia, Jelen had hired them. Both countries have easy access to the waters where Jaren's ship went down. My father followed the news carefully, I said. He didn't want war, no matter what else was sacrificed. If he was still alive, my father would have been honored to fight on behalf of Carthia, Tobias said. I'm not the son of a coward. It would have felt good to defend my father's honor by, er, by punching Tobias in the face, but although my father was not a coward, he would have avoided being in war at any cost. That fact was or was one of the last things he and I ever fought about. Three regents have made the trip to Issel, the seaport town from which Prince Jaren's ship launched. They seek any proof of his death or his life. His life, Roden sat forward in his chair. Is it possible Jaren's alive? A body was never found, Roden. But if Prince Jaren were alive, then he would be next in line for the throne. 
not Veldegraaf, or any noble could claim it, and Carthia would be saved from civil war. The Navinia would not attack. But it's irrelevant, Tobias said. Eckbert and Aaron rule now. Eventually, Crown Prince Jarius, Darius will take the throne. Connor leaned in closer to us. And um, this is the greatest secret of your lives thus far. They are dead. All three of the royal family. The few of us who know the truth have said the royal family is on diplomatic mi mission to Jelen. Meanwhile, their bodies secretly lie far beneath the castle. We sat there, beyond shock and too horrified to breathe. The news was not just one, but all three royals were dead. It was impossible to bear. My stomach grew queasy at the thought of it, but I pushed those feelings down. Um, how did they die? I whispered. Murder. We believe they were administered some sort of poison at supper. They never woke. Any suspects? Roden asked. Connor dismissed his question with a wave of his hand. Don't be a naive. Egbert had many enemies, and frankly, I wouldn't trust most of his friends. I believe all three family members were intended victims, clearing the path for a noble to become king. So was it Veldegrath, I asked? A lot of regions suspect him, but there is no evidence of it. Connor said, we shall see who puts themselves forward to be king, and then judge. And hope to find Prince Jaren and stop the nobles from covering or from fighting over the throne, Tobias said. Mm, not exactly, Connor said. Prince Jaren is long dead, and I can prove it. How? I asked. Connor smiled. I'm afraid for now I must ask you to trust me on that. It's my secret and mine alone. However, since the regents are unaware of my proof, their trip to Issel is only to end any official doubt before another king is chosen. That is where you come in. Because you see, many Carthians have small hopes that Jaren is alive. Nobody has seen him for nearly four years. He would be 14 today, about the same age as you boys. Surely the three of you have noticed certain physical similarities between one another. He paused a moment and smiled. his smile widened. You also have similarities in appearance to Prince Jaren, as he might look today. My plan is simple, really. I intend to convince the court that Prince Jaren is one of you. Chapter 10, The False Prince Long silence followed Connor's announcement. This was worse than my darkest suspicions of why Connor might have taken us. I was at a complete loss for, of what to do next. At best, the plan was lunacy, and at least it was treason, no matter how forcibly Connor denied it. No sane person would hope to turn an orphan into a prince in two weeks. And, excuse me, and a person would have to be even crazier to think that this orphan could convince an entire court he was a long-lost prince. Tobias politely voiced his, or these same concerned concerns, but was waved off by Connor, who asked, Do you always think small boy? Tobias swallowed. Uh, no, sir. Do you think this is too ambitious? I, uh, I just... Tobias found his courage. <clears throat> it seems like what you want would be impossible. Nothing's impossible. I haven't come to this plan lightly, or without a great deal of thought. But to succeed, I must have a boy who believes this can happen. I believe it, Broden said. I snorted. Connor turned to me. You don't believe it's possible? Just because it's possible doesn't mean it's wise. With arched eyebrows, um, Connor said, And you claim to have this wisdom? <laughs> I claim to have nothing, sir. That is a good starting place. Now, Tobias, stand up. Tobias stood, looking as nervous as if he were about to be asked one of the most important questions in the world. He and he had no answer. As it turned out, Connor planned on doing all the talking. Connor said, You have the right shade of hair. The face is a little narrower than I would have expected for the prince, but the resemblance has potential. Your height is acceptable and build it, and build is trim like the queen's. I like that you have an education, but you're not as quick of a thinker as I would want. 
If someone were to question you with an answer you did not know, I fear you might hesitate and spoil the plan. Tobias reacted to Connor's assessment like he'd been punched. I couldn't understand why it bothered him so much. None of what Connor said were, the, or were things Tobias had any control over, and it wasn't like Connor would find anyone he considered a perfect candidate. Next, Connor Orden rode in to stand up. Less of a resemblance to the prince when he was last seen, but a strong resemblance to the queen's family. So we may convince people of your identity. Your ambition and determination is admirable, though you often lack confidence or when necessary. You are completely uneducated, which may also prove a problem. However, you're physically strong, which will give you an advantage with a sword and on horseback. Connor told him he could sit, but Roden remained standing and said, Sir, now that I know what you're seeking, I can make myself into this prince. Sit, Connor repeated, unimpressed by Roden's pleas. He nodded his head at me and I stood. You have the entirely wrong color of hair, though we might color it over with proper dyes. You show a preference for the left hand when it, er, when it absolutely must be the right. Nor are you as tall or strong as one might expect from the son, son of King Eckbert. You look the youngest of all three boys, though any of you have or will have to lie about your exact age. How are you at learning accents? You ask if I can learn a Carthian accent in two weeks, I ask. You cannot claim the throne of Carthia while sounding like an Avenian. It doesn't matter, I said. I don't want the throne. Choose Rodin or Tobias and I'll leave and go wherever or where you'll never see me again. Connor's face twisted in anger. Do you think I cared a devil's inch what you want? You are here because despite a few physical setbacks, you have seeds of the personality I might accept for, or expect for Prince Jaren. If we can weed out your bad manners and defiant nature, I suspect you could convince the nobles that you are him. If you weed those out, there's nothing left of me, I said. You'd strip those away and find I'm as boring as Tobias or as predictable as Roden. Why didn't you, don't you take your, their physical similarities to the prince and give them a personality? It was a rhetorical question. I didn't think either of them would or could adopt a personality. Prince Jaron was a fighter, Connor said. You've done nothing but fight since we met. And if you try to use me for this fraud, then I'll continue fighting, I said. You don't want a prince, you want a puppet. You've taken on this plan in secret. Why? Maybe you can't sit on the throne, but you can or you plan to rule from behind it. Put Rodin on the throne. He'll happily let you guide his arms and feed him with words of what he should say next. I won't. Lower your voice, Connor said. I have no intention of ruling. Of course, at the end of two weeks, none of you will know enough about ruling to take that on alone. I will be there to guide you as an advisor, to protect you, and to guard our secret. When you are ready to rule alone, I will serve in any capacity you choose for me. Connor held out a hand to me. I am offering to make you the son of Carthia, brighter than the moon and stars combined, and you will take the throne, knowing that you have pulled your country back from the brink of war. How can you refuse this opportunity, Sage? Carthia is not my country, I said, searching for the, reaching for the doors. Frankly, I hope Avenia destroys it.